sorry. Uh, <clears throat> welcome to Ghetto Blaster Magazine's Best Song Ever podcast. My name is Brian LeBen. I'm a little thrown off. I was just uh, slurping on some stizzoo uh, during filming, or <laughs> filming, no, <laughs> recording this episode. Uh, my name's Brian LeBen. If I hadn't said that already, and uh, alongside me, as always, is uh, my dear, dear cousin, Luke LeBen. Uh, how are you doing today, Luke? Hmm? How are you doing today, Luke? Who? You, Luke. What's your name? My name's Brian. I'm I'm your dear, <sighs> dear cousin. Brian. Yeah. I once knew a Brian. I, we recorded a podcast together. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, but that was many years ago. <laughs> no, it was just many weeks ago. <clears throat> Let me just clear my throat there. <clears throat> oh, sorry, Brian. I was getting uh, wistful there. Uh, it feels like it's mm, been like yeah. I thought I was an old man for like a little while because it's been so long since we recorded one of these episodes. I know. Um, summer, living, having a blast. <laughs> oh, um, you say summer gonna hate, summer gonna love. Well, that too. But yeah, I we our schedules have been uh, a bit, as you say, wonky as of late. Yes. They have been wonky, and uh, you know, as I've said before, I'm the hardest working man in podcasting. That's and true. And you're just taking vacations left and right all right. the time, and just jet setting around Michigan and leaving me behind. <laughs> and yep. It makes me sad. Yeah, and uh, showing up late with stew with a yeah. bowl of stew to eat exactly. uh, during recording an episode of of a podcast. I am. Very unprofessional, and I apologize to you. No, I don't. I don't care. Let's do this, man. Just uh, shut your stew hole for a second, and uh, I'm going to get it started here. Uh, this is, of course, best song ever. Brian and I, we pick three songs each in secret and then debut them for each other. And uh, if he plays a song I really love, I'm going to give it my stamp for approval. Just plain and simple. I'm going to say Lordy Lordy Barry Gordy. And if I do the same for him, then uh, he's going to give his stamp of approval, which is... Papa likey. And uh, that's how it's going to go. Uh, before we get started with our first song, I got a fun little uh, game, a little pastime I've been playing, uh, where you uh, change the letter of a band name and it completely changes its meaning. So we're going to share the ones we came up with in a game we're calling Letter Rip. <laughs> Why don't you get us started, Brian? If All right. You can, if you can <laughs> keep your mouth from ingesting stew for one goddamn Sorry. second. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I thought you were talking, uh, but I am ready. I Tricked I just you. have I just have a few, and um, I wanted to come up with like dad joke alternative names. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one I have is uh, should I say the name of the band or just say the the change i would say the name of the band and what it becomes you could say the letter that you're changing if you want i also may have added more than just one that's fine okay the the rules are loose (laughs) for around letter rip here yeah all right so my first one's for metallica uh i have metalla icky (laughs) you know yeah Uh, that's how i feel when i listen to the records exactly uh i also have the who which i changed to the whom (laughs) <laughs> which I prefer. I think that's uh, actually grammatically correct. Uh, and my favorite, Guns N' Roses, 
which is guns and toeses. <laughs> Plural for toes. Okay, there's a lot of ways you could have gone with that one. I was, uh, that was a good one. I, not what I expected. From my guns to my toeses, you know? Like, right. Yeah. Um, so... Well, are you got any more? No. What do you got? I I was gonna ask you, but uh, you know, you're you're a professional. You're just ready to yeah, go. I yeah. got a bunch. So, first off, the one that started it all. This is how I came up with the idea for this: is that I misspelled the C and cake as the C and kale, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, you know, that's not the right spelling of kale with a C. But uh, I changed it to K A L E. It's the healthier version of the C and cake. If they're if their albums are a bit too sugar heavy for you, then yeah. you eat the C and kale. Um, also, it could be if they got uh, John Kale from the Velvet Underground to perform in yeah. the band. Yeah, so that might still happen. Um, the other one, so I got Grizzly Bear. Change that B to an R. It becomes Grizzly Rear. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's like if you're about to have anal sex with someone, you're about, <laughs> I'm about to give you a Grizzly Rear. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Or it's uh, your porn keywords when you have a grizzly bear fetish. <laughs> grizzly rear. Um, adult mom becomes adult dom. I mean, that's just too easy. Like mm-hmm. a dom, like as in dominant, or just a guy named Dom who's an adult now. He's like at his bar mitzvah. Dom Toretto. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Radiohead, I just added another D. It becomes Rad Diohead. <laughs> just some guy who loves Dio and he's really cool. Oh. Uh, arctic monkeys uh the m becomes a d it's arctic donkeys that one's okay mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. foxing becomes faxing um, oh man churches let's put the correct vowel in there change that v to a u and it's churches the mm. way it, god intended it you know oh yeah um, god was very intentional about spelling churches exactly wild nothing becomes mild nothing mm. um Death cab for cutie becomes death dab for cutie. I, for the listener, I just did a dab. Um, snail mail, snail jail. It's a jail where you put snails. I don't know. Red hot chili peppers becomes red hot chili poopers. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought of another one for death cab for cutie. What's that? Meth lab for cutie. Oh, that one's even better. Um, LCD sound system becomes LCD pound system. <laughs> I like that one a lot. New Order becomes Jew Order, <laughs> and Nine Inch Nails becomes Nine Inch Fails. That's, uh, the New Order one is pretty appropriate because I believe New Order is, like, some reference to World War II and, and the Nazis and stuff. Oh, no shit. I believe so, um, because I think Joy Division was as well. Boy Division? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, nice work. And that was Letter Rip. We sure did let her rip there. Um, and now why don't we let a different er rip and uh, play the first song? That sounds great to me. So my first song, I just want to talk about the band for a second and then we'll listen to the song All right. and really dig into the lyrics because there's some great lyrics I want to dig into. So this song comes from legendary Brooklyn indie rock band, They Might Be Giants. Oh, okay. I know you love them, Brian, because you do. played a song not that long ago from them. Yeah. Uh, they might be giants. Uh, if you're like me, you first heard them when watching Malcolm in the Middle when they did the theme song. Great theme song. And I found out today when I Googled it that it won a Grammy. So 
<laughs> deservedly so awesome. for like that song for a TV show or something. So have they won an cool. Oscar or a Tony I, or hey, uh, they could egot. I, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, <clears throat> should we should we also try and change the names of each band that we play? Oh, that's a good idea. They bite the giants. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> just get rid of that G and I. They might be ants. Who knows? Oh. Maybe the people playing are ants. Did <laughs> you see Ant Man the Wasp? There was an ant playing the drums, so anything's possible. Mm, spoiler alert: I haven't seen it. I haven't Thanks seen it either. Lot. It's in the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, Thanks for ruining sorry, the trailer. The trailer. Um, but anyway, uh, you played a song from uh, "They Might Be Giants." Uh, months ago mere months ago Mm because in january they released their album i like fun so do i it's such a great album i was listening to it again today i didn't realize it came out this year but um so they already released this great album and they could just take the rest of the year off you know but then they release another great single and oh it's so great have you heard this song yet absolutely not i did not know that this came out yeah, it um it's called The Communists Have the Music and um <laughs> I heard it on uh the uh Reddit listen to this. It's just where people post songs that you should listen to and I heard it and seriously no joke listened to it like 5 times in a row that first time. It's been stuck in my head constantly. Every lyric is just clever and fun and the song is catchy and rocks hard. And this song examines different, like, political philosophies, Mm -hmm. the way that I believe everyone should, by which one of them has the best music. Ah, Um, okay. I did this in the 2016 election because I was like, hmm, so Bernie had Dirty Projectors and Vampire Weekend play at his uh, event, but Trump's got Three Doors Down and Kid Rock. It's like, (laughs) how do you make that choice? That's too tough of a choice so i didn't Very vote tough. i just didn't vote i was like how am i supposed to i'm supposed to vote against the guy who wrote the lyrics ba with the ba da bang da bang diggy diggy like how am i gonna do that i i don't blame you um you know i think that you and everyone else who didn't vote uh that's really, probably the main reason uh, it's the main reason we have yeah. trump now but i mean you know what get better bands yeah Hillary did lose by one vote, and I think it was that one that I didn't do. It, yeah. So I'm sorry for that. But, you know, Bow with the Bow, the Bang, the Bang, Diggy Diggy are some brilliant lyrics, mm-hmm. I think, topped only by this song. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. I know. It's high praise. But let's uh, take a listen to those lyrics now. Uh, here's They Might Be Giants with The Communists Have the Music. I got handed an Ayn Rand sandwich straight from the can. It tasted so bland. I asked a lass to pass me a glass of Eagles conditions of the working class. Right away they dragged me to the committee to explain my un-American activity. They're gonna see they made a mistake if they'd only let me play my mixtape. I'm not partial. Beaver hats and the fascist 
that song i would be sad if you didn't <laughs> yeah no that it was number one a lot of fun number two super catchy and uh i don't i don't know if i can keep numbering uh what's after two uh three a number, number three the lyrics are brilliant right yeah. what's wait but i had a number three what's number what's number after three um four four's number after three okay number four i love the piano in that song especially like it, it was uh really plucky and yeah. awesome and, and driving and yeah i it was it was just a, a great way to start the episode good job pat yourself on yes. the back you didn't do it oh now i did um yeah the piano on i like fun too is mm-hmm. uh i feel like they just got that sort of like clean rock sound nailed down perfect where it's kind of reminds me of ben folds used to use the piano and i and i didn't think about that until now and i kind of wonder if i'd like ben folds now at this point in my life i wasn't really into him that much well and you know you don't hear that sound i feel like so much anymore like really bright positive rock with piano and so there's a nostalgic element to it but i just like like that they uh employ that sound so well and uh Beyond the music, the what immediately got me hooked was the lyrics that start off the song. I got handed an Ayn Rand sandwich straight from the can. It tasted so bland. And uh, from the jump, you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Having some fun with some different political ideologies. She's famously like a libertarian, right? Mm-hmm. Then he asks for he asks the last to pass him a glass of Angle's conditions of the working class. Are you familiar with that book at all? Um, yes, uh, Angle's. Uh, I did. I think that may be the book I wrote a uh, the conditions of the working class yes, in England. Yes, yeah. I did write a uh, a thesis paper on that in college for one of my sociology classes um and that was it was a good book Karl marx was apparently uh profoundly impressed by that book yeah um and uh so clearly uh yeah he's aligning more with the uh communist uh ideologies and then i love this imagery of they dragged him to the committee you know obviously reminiscent of back in like the 50s and when uh people were like 
uh, interviewed and like blacklisted for uh, being communist sympathizers and uh, plutocrats. That's in the chorus he talks about. I'm not partial to the Marshall or the plutocrats and their beaver hats. Did you know what that means? Um, is it related to Pluto? It actually, I don't know why it's called that. It's people who like uh, acquired their power through wealth. So, oh, interesting. No, it seems like no, yeah. not that. And their beaver hats. I don't know what's up with the beaver hats. Could be. I was reading that it was like a fashion trend back in like the 1500s. So maybe that's what he's touching on. Um, it just and, makes me think of like Davy Crockett, right? But. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think Davy Crockett was a plutocrat. Fuck Davy Crockett. Man. Yeah. And that's the point of the song. Yeah. Um, but then it was the lyric is, and the fascists have the outfits. At first I thought <laughs> yes. it may have said the athletes. I thought maybe this, that it, was, it took me something. a minute to, yeah. but yeah, that it made me laugh when I realized yeah. what they, that was, that was good. That's because, a good line. and there's some comedian I think who does a bit about how the Nazis uniforms look really good. And that's the only reason they'd want to join is because they've got, they've got the outfits, man. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but, but what he cares about is music and the communists have the music. And I just love the, I hear a melody and just as suddenly I know who I'm supposed to be. Because beyond this, that's just a great line for any music lover or person who makes music. Because that's how it feels, you know. Um, it just makes sense to you. And then um, also the uh, pre-chorus of the second verse. I'm not jealous of the zealous or anarchics with guitar picks. And that goes into that same chorus. But just great uh, repeated sounds, some consonants and assonance going on. Maybe even some alliteration. Um, but I could be not but sure I don't about think that. So. I need to go through and reassess and I'm in the middle of doing podcasts. So like <laughs> kind of swamped right now. Um, but, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. But so this song, like I said, has been stuck in my head. All the lyrics I keep just like repeating to myself the different parts, like different parts will get stuck in my head. I kept singing. I only need to plug in the headphone jack so I can listen to my backing track and, uh yeah brilliant brilliantly penned song and uh a lot of fun and educational and Mm -hmm. you know they might be giants had success with kids music and they just educated an adult here so their their music works on so many levels so that was they might be giants with the communists have the music and that is out now on Idlewild Recordings. Uh, the single just came out um, on Spotify. And there's another song called I've Been Seeing Things. Haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's also great. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm going to continue this uh, this train of... <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to think of something that besides train. Something else that moves. Uh, uh, car. I'm going to continue Bus. this car. No. Uh, I'm going to continue this theme we have going on great stuff that Brian has played from the at, on the podcast already. Are you just going to like recycle songs you've already played? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually going to play an artist I already played oh, okay. on the podcast. This is uh, one of my favorite pop bands around and they are getting ready to release their sophomore album. This is Caro Caro Bonito. Uh, or Caro Scaro, but <gasps> no. It's not Halloween yet, but 
it is kind of it is a little spooky but um i i love this band so much it's a london-based pop trio and they released a full-length album it's influenced by j-pop dance hall video game music the uh the lead singer sometimes raps in japanese as well as english goes back and forth between different languages and they um released an ep earlier this year which kind of tweaked their formula a little bit and we played a song from that it saw more live instrumentation come into the mix and even some kind of power pop rock songs as well and they are going to put out a new album soon and they just newly signed to polyvinyl records and this is the single that they released announcing that news um you like them as well, right? This I band? do. Yeah, I love their sound, and um, I uh, I don't I haven't really gotten that into them. You've like sent songs my way, and I'm like I dig it. I really like that, and I feel like I should definitely listen to them more. So, and this really finds them um, embracing live instrumentation even more, but retaining that special quality that they have. They're like Bill O'Reilly. They're like. Fuck it, let's do it live. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yes, they they were very inspired by Bill O'Reilly for this song. <laughs> uh, so let's just let's get into it. Let's take a listen. This is Carol Carol Benito with Make Believe. <laughs> I'm 
Hey, Brian, are you uh, in the band The Cars? No. Because you gave me just what I needed. Lordy, lordy, very gordy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that song, like I was saying, I I feel like I've just heard a couple songs from them, and I love their style so much, but I haven't listened to that much, and so I really need to. This is my wake-up call. Because that mm-hmm. really was just what I needed. I loved it. It was perfect. It was so bouncy and poppy, but had a very, like, Bell and Sebastian type vibe. Like, uh, did you get that at all? Just so, sort of that 90s jangly rock style, sort of. Yeah, I, um, I, I will listen to it with New Year's yeah. for that. Like the chorus, especially, and um, the way she sings it in the chorus, and um, but with so many great synth sounds, mm. and um, then sort of rocks out there in the middle, a lot going on that uh, all worked very well for me, and uh, yeah, so I loved it, yeah, brilliant. And um, again, like this is them finding themselves a little bit more, uh, the their full length album that they put out in 2016 is way more synth heavy and like cartoony and which this had a little bit of that but yeah it has a little bit but it's really like turned up to 11 you know like way 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 up and they've really tweaked the formula it's it's very interesting uh what they've done to integrate live instrumentation more while still keeping like they have the best video game sounding synths yeah. and i i love them so much uh especially uh in this song and i'm very very excited to hear what they have in store for us because they're a young band these guys and girl they're butt babes butt babes yep. <laughs> they are butt babes is what i was trying to say um if they were grizzlies i would search grizzly rear when i looking oh boy perving out so that was caro caro benito with make believe from the upcoming album time and place which is coming out sometime on polyvinyl place yeah (laughs) yeah sometime (laughs) in some place we don't know when i hope it's uh this year but that at the same time maybe i I hope it's next year because there's too many good albums to keep track of this i hope it's 2020 so. No, I want it. <laughs> I want it now. It's my music, and I want it now. Okay, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Yeah, I got it. Oh. Yeah, move on. <laughs> I was trying to remember what the rest of the phrase was. That song uh, sets me up nicely for my next song. Um, That's why they call me Carl Malone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You don't know what I'm talking about. We'll get to the bottom of that later, um, (laughs) off mic. But for now, you know, I want to talk about how I've had this sort of 80s awakening this year. Um, As you will no doubt remember, I was the synth curmudgeon before, and I... Oh, I remember the days like they were uh, but yesterday. Yeah. Uh. And uh, I used to be very turned off to any super 80s sounding synths that they were too big or shiny i would think they are all cheesy and um i think it was just the associations i had with 80s pop music i maybe wasn't listening to the right 80s music and i I just wasn't on board with it and this year i've dug into so much great music from the 80s first with prince's discography Mm. uh i listened to replacements and xtc a lot 
then went on a kick of Bonnie Raitt and Pretenders <laughs> and Blondie and Psychedelic Furs. And um, I made a playlist of all the songs referenced in Ready Player One, which is like, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of them are super poppy, like Van Halen and stuff. And then there's like Oingo Boingo and They Might Be Giants are on that list, too. Mm. I was going to list that among uh, their accolades as They Might Be Giants are referenced in uh, Ready Player One. But um, so I've spent a lot of time just soaking in the synths of the 80s and hearing all these great sounds and something that I probably wouldn't like very much last year. Like that song you just played. I may have been like, oh, the synths are too cartoony. Not anymore. Mm -mm. And um, I'm glad I had this transformation because um, my next song is some great 80s influence synth pop. This is a song by the popster. Troy Sivan, and this Whoa. is the song Plum. Yeah, really? You got yes, it. man. He's I've been sitting on this song like so excited to play you some, uh, some Troy Sivan. Have you heard the new album at all? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I've been meaning to listen to it, but I have not yet. So he's yeah, a, he's kind of a big deal. He's he's big time, and uh, he's only twenty three years old, and he first. Uh, gain notoriety he used to sing on youtube but then he started doing like vlogs and became like a successful youtuber and um then you know obviously he had been singing and made a career out of it his debut album blue neighborhood came out in 2015 um he's also an actor and he's in that movie boy erased that's coming out with uh lucas hedges where he's sent to a gay conversion camp and uh it, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really beautiful film. And Troy is also openly gay, and he'll always, like, you know, he had, a, like, a lot of same-sex couples, and uh, he really uses his videos to represent them more uh, because growing up, you know, he didn't see a lot of representation. And uh, I saw him on Colbert, and he was talking about the movie and his new album, and... Uh, I, you know, occasionally I'm like, okay, who's the music guest now? I'll turn it off. But I was like, I'm, I'm intrigued. He's a popster and I'm not the biggest pop music fan always, but give it a shot. And uh, I was just blown away by this song. His sophomore album is called Bloom. And as the title implies, it's sort of like coming of age, you know, themes of like growing and changing and sort of facing the realities of life. And that's sort of what uh, this song talks about about so let's take a big old bite of this juicy plum while it's still ripe how's that sound uh that sounds <laughs> shut up here's troy savon with plum watching you sleep from my hands to your hair and it's got me thinking what you mean to me there's a chill in the air and a sinking feeling coming over me like bitter tangerine like sirens in the streets Sleep. You've been keeping me up and I'm off the words I think 
Yeah, Papa Like You, that song as well. It's a it's a great ver- like a great modern pop song. It's what I wish more pop songs on the radio would sound like. Um, yeah, it's just a it's just good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I really liked just the the um, synths mixed in with the ele- I believe was that electric guitar or a different synth. That- yeah, no, I think there's some some guitar going on there and it breaks down into a piano where you can kind of you know see him doing right. a, a ballad version maybe of it someday and um yeah it was great i i really enjoyed it um i did not know that plums are sweet what does that say about me hmm i mean i just assume they're as sweet as any other fruit what did you think they were salty <laughs> no i i don't know i just never like i'm never like ooh, i want something sweet i better get a plum i don't know they're they're not like one of the sweeter fruits i think of it was just interesting he does mention uh bitter tangerine and mm. something about the ripest peach or pear at one mm-hmm, point too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which peach that's your sweet that's a real sweet fruit there yeah. but i think a plum is too doesn't a plum become a raisin or something uh i think grapes become raisins yeah no (laughs) plums become something maybe they become prunes maybe Um, uh, yeah i don't know i i don't know enough about fruit (laughs) you're gonna say specifically i don't know enough about plums i've been meaning to study plums for a while is there a good audiobook on uh on audio uh, on audible 
about plums. Oh, I mean, on Audible, you could find so many great audiobooks. There's really no limits to what you could find on there. What's the offer code that people uh, can use? Uh, it's BSE. Uh, no, I wish I wish we had an offer, offer code. Yeah, that would be cool. But what we just said is not true. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, prunes do come from plums. I was right. Mm. Congratulations to me. Anyway, let's talk about this song more. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, when he uh, talked about the meaning behind it on Colbert, it got like a laugh because it seemed so grim. Like, which I feel like it's funny because it's like all like thinking about the music that I write and like the music I love, a lot of it is. I you know it could be characterized as depressing or mm-hmm. emotional or whatever, but it's like I don't know. I feel like it's it's uh it's always a rich vein to sort of examine things, and I feel like it doesn't come across as depressing to me. Basically, what he said it's about is that with a love or a relationship, you know, even the sweetest plum has only got so long. Meaning like. You know, the feeling that love, infatuation, whatever, is going to eventually fade and... um, Turn into a prune. Turn into a prune, exactly. And um, I like to think of it as sort of uh, like a someone who thinks they have everything and they're untouchable. Uh, I can think of a few people who are like that. And like the, you know, you're it's only going to last so long sort of even like mm-hmm. you think you've got it all. You think you, you can do whatever you want, but it's, it can only last so long sort of thing, you know? Um, so that's another meaning I derived from it, but I don't find it grim. I feel like it's sort of, like I said, coming to terms with life's realities. And even though the sort of beginning love might wear off or maybe that is the end of the relationship and that's the good thing, a good thing too but it's like i feel like i don't i don't see it as being so like much depressing as just sort of growing up and being like that's the way it is you know mm-hmm. things don't stay the way they are yeah uh, i think it's ever i think it's a healthy mindset to have right about things that it can kind of allow you to enjoy things while they are here to make the most exactly. out of uh experiences or people or what have you when you can uh i I actually kind of find it inspiring. I think it's a good right? a good analogy. Yeah. So it's great songwriting. Also, like you're talking about, I feel like the uh, production is really nuanced. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this song in particular is it doesn't have a huge drop. There is even like, there is kind of like subtle like buildup. It it's there, you know, the like electronic uh, drum beat is sort of building up but then the chorus doesn't get huge it still feels big and anthemic but really the whole song is kind of these muted synths um and sort of minimal uh electronic beats so i just like how it holds back and doesn't just go for the the big loud drop uh that you would sort of expect in a pop song it still kind of pulls back but still has that anthemic feeling too so yeah that was Troy Sivan with Plum from Bloom, out now on Universal Music Australia. So I think I'm going to take this time to slow things down a little and play a folk song. Uh, something I very, very rarely do 
on this podcast. Yeah, that's usually my territory. Yeah, I I am uh, notoriously like you uh, were a synth curmudgeon. I am a modern folk music curmudgeon to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I can't exactly describe why I am the way I am, but I I likes what I likes and I am's what I am's. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to play a song from the, uh, the singer and songwriter of a band that I think you're into and I'm into as well. Uh, Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Adrian Lanker? It is. <laughs> Good job. Yep. Uh, she, she is, uh, the singer of Big Thief and, and I recently played Buck Meek, who's also in ah, Big Thief yeah, you and did. they, uh, write stuff together. Yeah. That's fun. So, um, so Yeah. Adrian Lenker has uh, a solo album coming out of really, really uh, gorgeous folk music. And I was very much drawn to the newest song from it, uh, which is called Symbol. And it just, it kind of does this great job of swirling around and having an interesting um, verse structure, the way she sings and uh, lyrically. And, um, is that symbol as in drums or as in like wingdings? <laughs> wingdings. Oh, okay. And funny, so the song's about wingdings. It is. Oh, it okay. is about wingdings, and she also talks about how it's about something different. So she she was actually what the song is actually about. Luke, stop saying it's about wingdings. Well, so are you saying that symbol is actually a symbol for something else? It is. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she says, I I think it was born out of the feeling of wanting to feel at home somewhere amidst the blur of constant travel she wrote this as she was touring with big thief she's been writing songs ever since she was 10 years old and um she says they just pop up out of nowhere and she has so many songs that she's written and a lot of these have existed for years but she doesn't feel as though they're like b-sides or anything like that they're a collection that she is proud um to put together and when she was recording, she just felt like this organic connection between them. And um, this is really a old school folk sounding song. It hmm. kind of reminds me of like Nick Drake or something like that. It's, it sounds like it was recorded in some room in the 70s with a guitar and a great voice like some sort of 70s room huh <laughs> yeah you know you know what i'm talking yeah, about those that se- you've seen that 70s show yeah i'm talking about that, that 70s, 70s room, room exactly yeah. yep so before we you know get into the nuts and bolts because i know you you love those nuts and bolts it was uh, the 70s so let's let's take a listen to adrian lenker with symbol Thank you. 
gotta give that a lordy lordy berry gordy um i feel like i listened to the last song the first song that came out mm-hmm. and um it didn't really grab me as much as this one did and uh this when it started reminded me of like radiohead there's mm. some radiohead song that just the chord progression reminded yeah. me of and then i love the way it transitions to the chorus and just the guitar work throughout is so good brilliant it's yeah. uh yeah it's really interesting relationship that the chords have to each other and moving through to these different spots that sound kind of dark and mysterious and then sound sort of bright and uh, uplifting and yeah it was it was great yeah another song too like the what i was saying about the troy savan one where it's like sort of minimal and um like sort of toned down but if you listen there's a lot of uh great stuff going on there just with like her vocals and i love the sort of percussion that sounded like a heartbeat in the beginning mm-hmm. i was like checking my pulse i was like is that me is my heart just beating so loud that it sounds like percussion but no it was in fact the song no but your heart is beating right yeah okay good oh shit you know what i'm a vampire Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I meant to right. tell you that. Yeah. An emotional vampire. She, with this song, wanted to, um, she says, articulate the recognition of a very deep sense of home contained within the warmth of my loved ones and friends made visible in something as simple as a smile. And it does, to me, have this warmth to it. It's, yeah. it's uh, very, like, it draws uh, emotions of, like, nostalgia or, or, like, longing or something like that that uh wanting to be uh recognized i don't know there there's something that does i think a really great job of uh eliciting those emotions uh from me as a listener Uh, i felt that before actually reading what the you know what she was hoping to capture with the song um and i i don't really know the lyrics or kind of how they they fit together with that theme but just the overall feel and uh sound of it i think she she nailed for sure yeah i could see this like on a beach with a campfire going Mm. and it's like the sun setting and you're far from home and you're sitting around the fire just thinking of home Mm. that sounds nice those are some images that just came to my head while you were talking about Mm. that yeah i love the melody there i didn't pick up on the lyrics very much either but Mm -hmm. i love that melody in the chorus so that was adrienne lenker with symbol from abyss kiss which is out October 5th on Saddle Creek. That's like abyss, like kissing the abyss. Yeah. Abyss and, kiss. And it's all one word. That's really funny. That's a, that's a clever name there, Adrian. Um, so Big Thief. I was trying to come up with one for Adrian Lanker, but it's like, it's just her name and I don't really want it. There's not really a good thing to do with it. No. But uh, Big Thief, turn that into Big Chief real easy. Oh, oh yeah big chief for yeah. sure big chief uh since this is always off mic when i <laughs> cue brian to start talking i say you're up big chief it's a reference to how i met your mother but it's just become my nickname for brian so turn big thief to big chief i like it so i was going to say that this next segment will be a joke free zone because uh you know the nature of our show obviously we joke around we play silly games like we've been doing um but then we talk about music that usually deals with some pretty heavy subjects and uh we got to balance the two sides of the coin you know and uh this record i'm about to be talking about is 
part of an incredible musical legacy left behind by an irreplaceable artist who recently passed away. And so I want to handle that with the care that it deserves. However, this artist did also sort of have a dark sense of humor in some of their music. So maybe they wouldn't want a joke moratorium. So if you got a really good one, you can say it. But for the most part, this will be a serious affair. Um, the artist I'm talking about is Richard Swift. Mm. Um, I, you're familiar with him, I assume. What was your experience with his music? My, uh, my experience with his music is actually through Damien Gerardo, um, and his incredible, I believe, trio of albums or more. Was it four? I, I don't know. Now it's four. Yeah. Yeah. I've always meant to go and listen to his music, but to be honest with you, I haven't. He's been a an artist I've always wanted to dive into. Uh, so my my experience is knowing his name, uh, knowing mm-hmm. how he was able to really take Damien Gerardo's sound uh, to a new level, and he was instrumental in that. And um, just someone that is I know is very very well respected and has been for yeah. for years, and someone that's been on my radar for a while. My experience uh, with Richard Swift was I first heard of him in 2012 when he joined the Shins. When the Shins sort of had their Mm. comeback, um, I remember seeing this curly-haired guy play with them uh, on SNL. And uh, I I didn't really dig into his music either until recently. And now I've been listening to all of it, and it's so amazing. I've got some recommendations for you. The album Dressed Up for the Letdown, which is his second album, is brilliant. Long before joining The Shins, uh, Richard's been making his own music since the early 2000s. And uh, Secretly Canadian, which is the record label he's on, Mm -hmm. uh, they have a sort of obituary um, on their website. And it was really nice. You should read it. It's They talk about when they were hosting Jens Lechman in this like record store doing a show back in... 2004 and they stumbled upon richard's record and uh like had no idea that they were discovering this like amazing artist and um who would go on to be a good friend of theirs and uh he went on to make his own studio and he helped some amazing artists create unbelievable musical works uh i'm gonna name a few foxygens we are the 21st century ambassadors of peace and magic which I love that album so much. I had no clue that he worked on it and made it in his studio. Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Um, that's a fantastic album as well. And then you mentioned it. Damien Gerardo, St. Bartlett, Maricopa, Brothers and Sisters of the Eternal Sun, and Visions of Us on the Land. All amazing albums that he had his hands in. He also did the Minor Birds debut album. And he's worked with Kevin Morby, Alex Cameron, Sharon Van Etten, Cayucas, so many more. Um, so not only is his solo catalog phenomenal, I've been listening to it all week and it's really incredible. And uh, but then he helped all these other people make some of like my favorite records of the past 20 years. And uh, so unfortunately, he passed away this year at the age of 41 and uh luckily before he uh passed he had been working on some songs for the past several years and 
completed this record uh, just the month before he passed, and it's called The Hex. And uh, based on its musical merit alone, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, he was such a great producer, and the the songs are all over the place, like so many styles going on, except it all is sort of connected by this sort of haze, but it's just perfectly balanced, so it feels sort of DIY and homemade while being really textured and just, you could tell, a, a brilliant producer uh, making it. And uh, then beyond that, you take into account the songwriting and his vocals and uh, incredible melodies and harmonies. It takes it to another level. And uh, these lyrics are really like introspective and personal, but also sort of existential at the same time. And it feels like these songs, he like really captured his sort of wisdom and philosophies, conclusions that he's reached through his life and experiences and the fact that this is his swan song just makes it hit even harder and makes us feel even more like a really special record and we're going to listen to this song called dirty jim and this song has a sort of elton john beatlesy like sort of ragtime piano thing which listening to his older stuff like that's a style that he always sort of employed he's got some great horns and so this just feels like a perfect distillation of that style that he always uh, employed. And uh, it's deceptively bright and bouncy uh, because the lyrics are talking about like struggling with addiction and uh, alcoholism. Uh, and uh, it's, it's about sort of fighting your way through these tough situations and finding a way to accept the mistakes you made and move on to a new day. So... Let's take a listen to Richard Swift with Dirty Jim.
Papa Like You, that song as well. Um, he, he, he just has a way of like making all these sounds go together so effortlessly. Yeah. So in like such a classic way that it, it just seems easy, but I, I'm sure it's not at all. Um, and it, it is a bouncy, catchy, fun song, jaunty even, if you will. And, um, but you, you know, like you said, with the underlying meaning behind it, it just, and his recent passing, uh, brings a, brings a depth to it. And, um, yeah, I'm very interested to check the rest of the album out. It's funny you say that about it seeming easy because he is known for saying like, it's too easy. Hmm. Um, which I think he sort of used as like. Um, cause he had a sort of first thought, best thought philosophy. And, uh, so I think he would say too easy if I'm understanding it correctly as like a, like piece of cake sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. when you like sort of embrace whatever, uh, you have going and then it's like, Oh, too easy. Um, and so I just thought it was funny that you said easy because <laughs> I'm sure though he would characterize it as too easy, I'm sure maybe some of elements of it i'm sure there was a lot of time and work that went into it and it was far from easy but um yeah i love the so many of these lyrics in this song how he keeps saying every color now is black and blue Mm -hmm. being sort of like beat up by life and these experiences and he says uh, all my lovers all my friends everybody in the end tries to fix the boy inside of you and, uh, you know, when you struggle with something like alcoholism or any addiction, it's like people will try and fix you, but it's something that's not fixable. You know, it's not something that like you can just easily get rid of, you know, it's something you're always going to deal with. And, um, he says every second is a battle I've fought, you know, showing like this uphill battle and it's getting beaten down, but he keeps fighting and then there's this sort of hopeful ending where he's sort of atoning for the things that he's done and sort of putting his best foot forward. And he says, every daughter in my home, everyone I've left alone, sorry for the tears I gave to you, but every color now is shining through. And uh, it could seem like an overcoming sort of thing, but I feel like in a, like some of those tough, dark moments do kind of end up bringing out the best in you sometimes. And um, so he's talking about, you know, going through all the, the shit and making these mistakes, but every color now is shining through. You know, that's something I always try to do is acknowledge my mistakes and the effect I've had on others and not forget, but also not dwell on them and move on and try to be better every day. You know, we've talked about like anxiety. You just will mm-hmm. like oh, run things over in your head and be like, why did I do that stupid thing? But, um, you know, and alcoholism runs in our family and, uh, many people I know and like luckily it's not a huge problem for me but many people close to me have dealt with it and I've seen it firsthand and um like it's no joke you know and the hardest part is sort of I feel like forgiving yourself uh and so it seems like he's somewhat able to do that in this song is forgive himself and sort of come to some peace with 
um, these things and, uh, yeah, go on to fight another day. And it's a pretty powerful message wrapped in a very catchy, jaunty package. But um, that's just uh, one song on the album, and that's deep. And uh, everyone, every other one has a different uh, style and different sort of uh, emotional weight behind it like that. You know, he mourns some people that he's lost on the album, like he, his uh, mom and his sister and his different friends. And um, it's... A really beautiful album and uh, a an, a nice parting gift that he left the world and a great addition to a musical legacy that is already really incredible. So that was Richard Swift with Dirty Jim from The Hex and that's out now on Secretly Canadian. And anyone out there listening who's struggling with like addiction of any kind or just struggling with anything, just look in the mirror and say, I forgive you, and I love you. I'm saying that to you, Brian, and to myself. Let's say it to each other's selves. And, but for real, forgive yourself, love yourself, move on, but don't forget. That was nice, Luke. Thanks. Alright, well, we can um, exit the joke-free zone. Yes. So, feel free to joke if you want during this next part this is a joke free zone free zone (laughs) exactly and um this is the last song we're gonna play on the episode and i feel like this is a really good song to go out on it's actually a song that played while i was getting my tattoo which i just got recently um, while I was in the in the tattoo shop, and I, I loved it so much, and it was at a time. Was it bow with the bow the bang the bang the diggity? <laughs> nope, oh. nope, no, nope, it's not. Um, it was at a time where so when I'm getting a t- when I get a tattoo, there's like this period of time at the beginning. We gonna get your tat rich, your tattoo ritual? Yeah, there's a period of time at the beginning of when the tattoo is starting where it's kind of like, am I gonna be able to make it through this? Um, I some of a lot of my anxiety comes from feeling like I'm unable to escape a situation. So if I'm, if I am in, uh, when, if I'm on a plane, right, I, right. I feel very anxious because what if I need to leave <laughs> this situation? Or like when someone else is driving and you're in like the back seat, or and if you're like, oh, when I am driving, I feel anxiety because oh, yeah, I, I, guess I mean, true. I can pull off to the side of the road. Sure. But in my head, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste time. I, I hope I am okay. Like, and that just ramps the anxiety up. So there's a period of time when I'm getting a tattoo where I'm like, can I sit for this long? Am I going to be okay? But if you do escape it, isn't it just a shitty tattoo? Or isn't it just like not finished? Like they'll let you right. leave, right? Oh yeah. They're yeah. not just going to hold you down and say <laughs> no. no. And they would let me get up and go to the bathroom if I needed to, but I don't want to do that. You know, I don't... I, so anyway, I was in this moment, and this song came on, and I had been listening to it so much beforehand, and I just, I love it so much, and it was like this nice, calming, healing moment for me. And I feel like this this is a good song to, to listen to after talking about the, you know, uh, about death and addiction and that kind of thing. Um, it comes from an incredible artist called no name <gasps> yeah you're, you're familiar with no oh, name i love no name uh no name 
aka Fatima Warner, uh, is a now rap superstar. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. She uh, grew up in the south side of Chicago and um, discovered her love for wordplay while she was taking a writing class in high school. She then got obsessed with like deaf poetry jam on YouTube and um, spoken word performances, which really comes through in yeah. her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she started doing open mics around Chicago and uh, got to appear on early Chance the Rapper and Mick Jenkins mixtapes. And uh, she kind of got this following in Chicago and released uh, a mixtape of her own called Telephone in 2016. And it took the world, the music world by storm. I loved it. It's one of my favorite albums of 2016. You were also way into it as well. And um, it just introduced us to this incredible lyricist and writer. And she really draws on spoken word. Again, her flow and performance is so unique, so interesting. And... um, it, it was just a breath of fresh air when it came out in 2016. And she has not released a proper album until just recently. And it was, it took her two years to really... She wanted to hone her sound. She took some time uh, touring and being backed by a full band and wanted to refine what she had worked on. She could have just released something to kind of capitalize on the moment, but she took time to release something that she felt was right and this album's one of my favorite of the year so far it's it's gonna rank high on my list probably mine too and i i found myself having a difficult time choosing just one song to play and i felt like no one song captured like how awesome the entire album is there are so many different sounds that she taps into throughout the whole thing um some she leans more on like really fast incredible rapping some are more focused on intricate compositions and um so i i couldn't pick one song that captured all the the entire essence of why this album is so great which is what makes it such a great album is because it's so varied and so i just went with the one that i had this personal attachment to and uh, i also think it's one of the best songs on the album let's listen to no name with Regal. Dying. No more apples and oranges, only pickles and pacifists. Twitter rant 
Hunter from martyrdom, unified as capitalists. Give him death, be gone. Give him Teflon done. Give him rice around the politics to bear my arms and watch the bears come out. Going three for three, Lordy Lordy Barry yeah. Gordy. Yeah. I think that song does a good job of showing the growth from the first album because mm-hmm. I messaged you saying, No name is so Mr. Rogersy, and you seemed confused. <laughs> and you were like, Elaborate oh. on that. And um, I, I f- love Mr. Rogers, and uh, no joke, think of him as like a songwriting icon. If you watch the documentary, you will cry. But he was great at making these uh, songs that are like digestible for children, very simple terms, but sort of the emotion behind it is a lot heavier. And um, Chance, Jamila Woods, and No Name all were, you know, friends and uh, came out of that same music scene. And they all had albums in 2016. And I think they all captured the Mr. Rogers vibe that I'm talking about in different mm-hmm. ways, um, where. It does have this sort of childhood nostalgia element to it, um, but it's also just like really well put together music. So the first song on this album uh, is has a Mr. Rogers vibe, and then like right as I typed that to you and sent it, Black Exploitation came on, which is like completely different from anything on the first album. Yeah, and um, like you're saying, like her compositions are getting so much more elaborate and. This is just beautiful orchestration on this, and um, it, I love her vocal delivery too because it's very laid back and almost like she's just like whispering, and they gotta turn the mic way up, and uh, she's very casual and sort of uh, playful. And uh, I feel like throughout the album, even when she's talking about heavy things, she'll still bring that sort of playful, um, childlike charm to it, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I I need to listen to this album more because I have listened to it a couple times, and I love it. But there's a a lot to dig into, like uh, like we're talking about. She's definitely gone above and beyond with this one. 
definitely. And I feel like for uh, so much of the album at, at different parts, I can hear her smiling as she is uh, delivering these like incredibly orchestrated bits of vocal performance. Yeah, like I know exactly what you're talking about. You can hear this. It's just like her joy is contagious, line, and yeah. it's it's really fantastic. And she really is just such an incredible writer. I and feel like I can hear her smizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With her, <laughs> with yeah, her eyes, that's yeah, right. right. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the entire album is great. Like you, like you said, it, it changes from song to song. This song doesn't really sound like a lot of other songs on the album, and there, it yeah. just it's it's all over the place. If you had any um, like of that song, check the whole thing out. It's it's really breathtaking. Well, and that's what's great is you don't lose the Mister Rogersness of it all. Oh no, um, that style's still there. Um, but then she does so many other things that are really amazing as well. It's like a Mister Rogers exploded view, like you know, like you see more of the neighborhood. Exactly. Than, you know, it's exactly. Yeah. So that was No Name with Regal from Room Twenty Five, which is out now. Check it out. Is that the 70s room you were talking about? No, it's probably room 70. Yeah, yeah. You know what room I like? 420. That's the doobie room. I like room 69. I like room 1408 because John Ooh, Cusack's in there and like a yeah, ghost or something. I like the room where I was born with my mom who was kidnapped before I was born. Um, starring Brie Larson. It was a book. Oh, I like the room where Lisa's tearing me apart. And uh, yeah. also Mark is there. Yeah, I guess it's not the room. It, yeah. it was just room. That's why I was very confused for a second. <laughs> oh, what's up with the rooms, guys? They're great. Am I right? Okay, let's move on to shouts. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the music we're excited for coming out this week. Uh, first up, shouts to La 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 with The Lamb. We listened to Destroyer from that album. That's good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The Joy Formidable with Arth. <laughs> it's all caps with three A's. But I heard a song from that, and it sounded pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, I mean, the Rick and Morty soundtrack, That's I didn't have that on my list. But yeah, I mean, that's probably going to be sweet. Um, and then Justice Prophet and JSOM. Uh, we played Jason many times on here, mm-hmm. uh, and that album's uh, pretty cool. What you got? I got Marissa Nadler with For My Crimes. She's a great singer-songwriter. Has a kind of a gothic feel mm. to most of her songs. I, I, I like her. I'm interested. Uh, Amber Arcades, we've played her on the podcast before with European Heartbreak. She's pretty oh, cool, yeah. too. We, uh, we played her a while ago for an EP, not for this album, so. And then uh, we were just listening to a song from Nile Rodgers and Chic. Uh, it was a pretty awesome, funky yeah, disco real song nice. <laughs> that sounds like it was made in the 70s or 80s. Uh, that's album's called It's About Time. song's called Sober. Check it out. All right. Well, that's it. That's all we got for you. You have tapped us out. We're done. All right. We gotta go. All right, I should probably. <laughs> I'm dragging this out way too much. Hey, all right, down. we gotta get the 
fuck out of here. We got a GTFO, but first I'm going to tell you to go to getawesternmagazine.com and check out all the great content over there. And you can find us on your tweets and such at Best Song Ever Pod. And if you feel so inclined, please uh, give us a review on iTunes. And uh, we would like to thank our friends in the band Congress for letting us use their song Pond Fight as our theme song. Forget a Blaster Magazine. I'm Luke Lemon saying, You better check your perspective. And I'm Brian LeBen reminding you don't let the bastards grind you down. This is the best song ever. This is best song never. This is best thong ever. This is test dong never. No, no, don't test, you never test no, my dong. No, 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 no